What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, here we go. All right, well... School is actually back in session uh, for many parents out there. This is an enormous relief for some of us. The kids are actually being shipped off once again to school. We've got them somewhere for the next couple of hours. Uh, but that's not going to last long because then we start in with um, activities and carpools and lunches and snacks and playdates and birthday parties and tournaments and recitals and the list goes on. Are you anxious yet? <laughs> Have I gotten the anxiety built up? Don't worry, you are not alone in this. And this is where we're heading into with episode 30 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And for more information, you can always head to extensionmarketing.com. With that being said, Dr. Christy Lewis is joining us, a naturopathic doctor, and she's uh, like ranked number one in Ottawa by all the rankings of the medical doctors and also creator and founder of self-love mom which is where I was like as soon as I saw that I'm like this is going to be a great topic welcome to the show thanks so much and it's funny you look fantastic we're gonna try thanks. to get through this podcast without her having an enormous coughing fit right yeah so if, if you hear a little cut Christy's Christy's coughing <laughs> I'm out <laughs> it's, it's been a timeout. um and it's interesting I actually when we started kind of corresponding I was trying to think of how long ago we had met because I know yeah. I had come into the office and yeah. I know it was like impossible to get in. You have like a crazy waiting list. Yeah, I like, know. I've been so blessed. I've been here in Ottawa for about 12 years and it's just, it's been amazing and I have a really beautiful abundant practice. What was it? Let's go into this. Everybody's got a reason why they got into medicine in the first place. Right. What was it for you? What was that trigger? I mean, I think for me, I was I was certainly on a path that um, wasn't wasn't my own. So you know, starting my career in my early you know sort of mid twenties, I was working in in corporate Canada actually. So I worked for companies selling selling fruit fruit loops and uh, and fruit roll ups. So no, yes, really, yes, that's how I started my fruit started loop. my journey. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, Lucky Charms and and so ultimately, I I really felt like that was was not was not you know part of where I wanted to go. And so you know, there was. The, the obvious, which is that didn't fit with my own, you know, passion for health and wellness. I've always been really involved with, you know, sports and and um, fitness and you know healthy eating, and so that that's kind of the obvious. Um, and but the probably the biggest thing, the sort of closest thing to heart, was I went and saw a naturopathic doctor myself. So as so many of us, I think have have if we've tuned into this, often when we're not in line, you know, when we're not in line with our path, then we we feel it feel it physically. And so I wasn't feeling well, and I went to my conventional doctor and. You, everything was fine. I was I was supposedly healthy, um, but I didn't feel that way. So I went to see a naturopathic doctor, and it was wow. Like sitting in the office first thirty minutes, I'm like I I have to do this. Like this is this is sort of where where my passion is, and this is I'm going to have an impact if if I really follow this. And you have to remember, you know, twelve years ago, or sorry, twenty years ago. Oh my goodness, we didn't have social media. So you know, the idea of how do I go out in the world and and learn and do this was about how do I how do I increase my education and so. I yeah. went through that. Okay, because it wasn't yeah. like you had gone through a high school and then heading into university Absolutely. with a, a medical path in front of you. Not at all. Or, okay, because I'm understanding it's more of a business sense that you had yep. at the time. So that 
in itself, I mean, to start over. Absolutely. Because you're going back to I had to go actually back to high school. Oh, my God. I didn't have my sciences. So I had to go back to high school and then get the prereqs for university, for for this, from university. And then it was a four-year, a four-year journey to become a naturopathic doctor um, and then another year of licensing exams. Okay. So here you are, you know, out in the world selling Lucky Charms Fruit Loops and Fruit Roll-Ups, which isn't really a hard sell because (laughs) as much as I eat healthy, I mean, you give me a bowl bowl of Lucky Charms and I'm in heaven. So... The thought process to have the determination to to do this, right? Most people, most people are scared of change like that, or kind of think, okay, I, I've I've gotten on this path, I've got to stay on it. That took a lot of guts to get off of that path and start back. And I think of like an, a successful businesswoman going back to a high school class to take a science. Like, did you have doubts? Were you going, what am I doing? Or you really felt that you were on the finally the right path? Oh my gosh, every day I doubted. Every day I doubted. I mean, it was. I'm almost, I almost, you know, just, I didn't, I almost didn't think, I just did, right? Because when I thought, then I, then I got in my head, I slowed down. It was such a heart-centered, intuitive kind of need. There was a, there was a, an insatiable need to do it. And, and I did stop a few times. Mm -hmm. I did say this is too hard, you know, through the process, going through a divorce, you know, basically trading in my company car for my bike, my expense account for student loans. It was really, really challenging. And at the time, again, you're talking 20 years ago, naturopathic medicine wasn't, wasn't as cool as it is now. So even that alone, the idea that I was, I was doing something that was considered to be somewhat fringe. Um, I just, you know, I just trusted and I, and I kept going. And of course I had doubts all the time, but I just, I tried to override that and move forward with this deeper knowing that um, this was what people people needed that it had changed my life so much and that I wanted to have you know the education the experience the skill set to really support other people on that journey for them when you're in class mm-hmm. and when you're learning about this were there times when you, the the knowledge was exciting enough like that the things that you were learning kind of gave you that energy like oh my god this is real yeah this can help absolutely you know I mean and there there were parts that were dry I mean it's a medical program right um but yes I mean absolutely I just I just felt so much gratitude and so much um excitement because I was blessed to have the opportunity you know to sit in this classroom you know spend this four years and it's grueling I mean even myself I went oh it's naturopathic medicine how hard can it be it was (laughs) grueling to be honest and I almost failed my first year anatomy I almost failed so here I was done quit my job two years of prereqs you know divorce living in a in a residence and I almost failed so it was incredibly difficult but at the same time it was it was so exciting and I could just feel that I, I mean I really was able to lean into this idea of gratitude and that I was I was able to be in that classroom learning this amazing information were there parts of you that wanted you know fast forward these classes because I know with naturopathic medicine you have to go through the normal yeah oh yeah the, the normal med- any med students going through that's right I was sharing the same but I mean again shows you my shows you where we were a couple decades ago but I was I had friends um, who were in conventional medical school and we were we were using the same books Mm -hmm. we were using the same resources when does it when did it switch out 
so that you started to feel the separation from the traditional medicine into the naturopath. Yeah, so a big part of naturopathic education really is about learning the first, the, the medicine. So understanding, you know, sort of where the conventional is at and diagnosis, pharmacology, you know, um, all the different diseases that can show up in the body. And that's the first two years. So really solid two years of more science-based. Again, from a woman coming from a business, this was tricky for me um, and all great learning. And then around the second, third year, you move into more of the naturopathic piece. So that's when you start to learn about things like nutrition, you know, all the supplementation, botanical medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, lifestyle counseling, um, homeopathy. So this is where you really start to learn about the fundamentals of naturopathic medicine. That, I think, when you're listing, it becomes, and, and I've had a lot of guests in here talking about how the medical system is really kind of about medicine prescription uh, once you're sick and the naturopathic side is more kind of healing the body having the body in line so that we're not looking at getting sick is that kind of a a good way of analyzing this or yeah that's definitely my philosophy um so you know it's not that conventional medicine bad naturopathic medicine Mm, good right not saying that at all all, right so it is more about recognizing where the gaps so where's the gap between conventional medicine you know with the idea of you know coming in with an illness you know whether that's acute or chronic and having and being you know having the best of conventional medicine to to treat uh these these types of conditions and then understanding well why did this happen in the first place how do I prevent this from happening and a big big part a big big part of the practice of of the people that I see are people that are you know nothing is actually wrong from a conventional perspective but they're not feeling well Mm-hmm. So conventionally speaking, they're great, but natural path, but but lifestyle wise and how they're feeling is not. So we move into this sort of um, suboptimal health, and so a lot of people who seek naturopathic care, they're in that category as well, where they're 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 well, but not well, if you know what I mean. Right, on um, checking off the list, they they're not uh, they're fine. Yeah, it's Diagnost- like clean, diagnostics, clean bill of health, right? right? Yeah. Yes, their blood's <laughs> fine. They're, yeah, absolutely. But we all have this sense that something's just not right. When you said you went to the naturopathic doctor, which yeah. kind of, what for you just wasn't right? Yeah, so it was my hormones mm-hmm. at the time. So I was, I was in my mid-20s and I was, I was struggling with hormones. So um, I just... Did you know you were struggling with hormones? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I wasn't getting my period. So I really okay. was having a challenge with, you know, an, a regular um, female rent, uh, cycle. And um, I tried everything. I went to the conventional doctor and... Um, Quite honestly, you know, there was treatment, but I wasn't in love with the treatment. The treatment was really more about sort of suppressing and not getting to the root the root causes of what was going on. Um, and so I saw a naturopathic doctor and through nutrition, so changes in my nutrition, um, and through some acupuncture and um, a few herbs, you know, I was within a couple months, I was, my cycle was regular. It was mind blowing to me, Leanne. Like I was like, what is this? It really is, yeah. you know, and, and hopefully there's somebody listening going, okay, you know, it's, it's about having the, these triggers as to what's going to trigger other people to say, I'm going to step in and look after this aspect of my health. Yeah. Very quickly, once you graduated, um, and I knew this because I, I could mention your name and people would say, oh my God, yeah, I can't get into her office. She's so busy. What do you think was your way of practice that got you launched and so successful so quickly here in the yeah. city? So, um, I mean, the reality is with naturopathic medicine is it is private health care. And so, you know, certainly having that business background um, and understanding, you know, sort of the, the hustle around it, you know, getting out there, talking to people, educating people about what is naturopathic medicine, you know, how, how does naturopathic medicine support them and specifically me and my style? I think a big, big part of it is I'm, I'm realistic. I hear that time and time again. I love my glasses. 
glass of wine. Um, you know, I love I love nachos. Um, and, and I'm really about the balance for people. And I think people, from feedback from what I've heard, is they love the sort of humanity of that. They love, you know, the idea that it's not going to be this incredible, you know, life change where they can never have, you know, they're always, can only eat kale and, and, and quinoa. Um, it really is about how does this fit with their lifestyle. So one of the big, big things I do in that first visit is understand the person sitting in front of me. Yes, their health. Yes, their concerns. But who are they? What's going on in their life? You know, do they have aging parents? Do they have children? You know, are they, what's happening in their career? And really understand that, that the treatment plan is going to match their lifestyle. So setting them up for success. Now, you here you are. You've got now your successful practice. Uh, you've now remarried. You've met yes. later in life. And then you're about to have uh, children uh, later in life. Not that much later, but oh, I'm just no, saying 40s like... 40s later. <laughs> you know, but, you know, then you kind of get thrown into the oh. similar mix of a lot of the clients and patients right. that you had coming into the office. So take us through kind of your own journey then because what happened to you and kind of where you found yourself is eventually why you launched into the self-love um, mom, especially, um, program. Yeah. So take us through your journey there. What happened? So um, a pretty pretty textbook, I think, I mean, from the from the perspective of what a lot of moms go through. So I, I met my husband. Um, um, and and yeah, I, I was pregnant at 39. My daughter arrived on my 40th birthday, which I, still chokes me up because um, I really thought I wasn't going to have kids. I mean, because of the journey going back to school and you know just timing, I just I was really in a process of grieving that I wouldn't be a mom. And then here I, here I met this wonderful man and and um, you know was able to get pregnant and uh, and had this beautiful beautiful daughter. And you know I. I struggled. I really struggled because I loved my life. When you have a child at 40, you know, you you really, for most women, you've established a really beautiful life for yourself. So between yoga and brunching with friends and Friday night wine dates and my, my naturopathic practice, my life was really, really full. And I, I really wasn't really wasn't wanting to give any of that up and and I didn't really know how to find, and to find that balance um, and so what happened is I did did it all you know I mean I'm watching this uh, Serena Williams I'm um, being Serena and she has this beautiful quote which like choked me up and you know becoming a mom I'm, I don't have it exactly but becoming a mom is a whole lot of new on a lot of old and I was like wow like that resonates with me so much I recognized that I couldn't I had to let go but I didn't know of what and so ultimately I didn't and uh, uh, and I, I did everything. I tried to do it all perfectly. I went back to practice after four months of having my daughter. Um, you know, I nursed for two years. Um, and you nursed for two years. I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, exercised like crazy. You know, all the things that were are at are. And I say that like in the present sense because they still are very important to me. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't supporting myself through that process. Um, so I wasn't supporting my physical body and, you know, I, I crashed. So ultimately for me, that looked like a lot of anxiety, a lot of insomnia. I was sick, like I was chronically ill. Um, and then, and then back pain. I found myself like in bed, um, with severe back pain and, and I realized, you know, something has to shift. Okay, I'm looking at you, and you've got this practice, and you and in my head, I'm going, okay, you know better, <laughs> right? <laughs> you of all people right. know better. You know, how easy was it then to fall into the same path, the dark path that hundreds of thousands of people fall into? You know, you have all the right information. You're telling your, your patients, and yet, how easy was it to fall into 
that cycle. It was too easy, man. And I mean, it's it's still it's still happening. You know, I'm out in the world launching Self Love Mom. You know, recovering from burnout, and it's that check in. Um, this idea that we we really do as moms need to support ourselves. And I think the big thing for me is not necessarily prioritizing myself. So not necessarily recognizing, first of all, where the health of my own adrenal glands were at or in my own um, stress reaction was at. So not necessarily recognizing just how depleted I was. Is this what you're referring to when you talk about burnout? Yes. Okay, so absolutely. what? Let's, let's go through some of these terminologies. Then. Okay, So great. when you talk to someone about burnout, yeah. what are you referring to? So burnout is actually you know sort of more of a of a of a, a, t- a term that we use but the the more physiological or the more naturopathic diagnostic term is maladaptive stress reaction or an adrenal fatigue situation so we have this gland this gland at the base of the kidney that manages stress and ultimately it outputs cortisol and we can do that we can hang out in a lot of cortisol output for a period of time but eventually like any gland it becomes resistant and we move into a, a state of depletion and so with adrenal gland or burnout, what happens is you end up in a deficient state of adrenal gland function or um, an inability to manage stress. So this can be even like, you know, um, you know, the change in weather, or it can be, um, you know, missing a meal, your body just can't handle anything anymore when it comes to having to manage stress. And let's face it, for moms, it's an everyday is stress. So it's not so much about avoiding stress, wouldn't that be lovely, right? It is more about how are we supporting our body. And so that's the big message. How do we support our bodies so that as the stress is coming at us, we have the reserves to be able to be responsive? Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's no magic solution that I there's wish. not going to be any stress because you're going to have any list of 10 things thrown at you in any given day. Can you recognize, I mean, when you talk about the burnout, we're talking about this gland and, yeah. the, and the cortisol. Like, when are, are there things that you would be able to notice that it's doing or triggers of your body so that you could understand? Mm-hmm. You know, I always just laughed about the cortisol that I always, that I was carrying around my midsection just from, <laughs> yeah. from lack of sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so funny because people often, like, once I left and, like, you know, five, six months later, people are like, you look so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's sleep. Like, mm-hmm. it has been the sleep that has changed, right. um, you know. Your physiology. The, yeah. Your, you know, your body composition, right? It changed, and I knew when I was in the lack of sleep that no matter what workout I did and no matter what I ate, I was still going to carry it. it. Just because I knew the factor was of the lack of sleep. So it was amazing when I did see it, how it all changed. But are there ways that people can recognize Mm -hmm. that it's happening? Mm -hmm. So I think the symptoms start to look a lot like um, like what you would expect from a lot of deficiency. So there is a two phases. So when you're in that tired but wired state and you're pumping out a lot of cortisol, often women or people will feel quite anxious. You know, they're they're almost feeling as if they've had too much coffee. And you can hang out there for a little bit, but ultimately then we move into the crash. And so the crash side of it, the burnout side, which is really the kind of focus that I have with working with moms right now, it looks a lot like exhaustion. I mean, this isn't, you know, oh, I'm tired after a long day. This is the kind of fatigue where you feel like you're really dragging your body all around. Insomnia is another one, so sleep deprivation. And this isn't, my my child is up in the middle of the night. This is the whole family's asleep and I can't sleep. Like, how awful is that as a mom? Right. And the worst part is that you're so exhausted, that you're dying for sleep. Exhausted. And then is it that the head's not, like, I get up sometimes, Mm. my head is spinning. 
spinning. It can. It, what is what is it then? That because you're in such an exhaustive state that you're not sleeping, right? It's a maladaptive cortisol. So at nighttime, what's supposed to happen, Leanne, um, from a physiological perspective, is our cortisol levels are supposed to come down, so that melatonin, which is a hormone that helps us sleep, rises. The rea- when you're in an adrenal or maladaptive stress reaction, that's all mixed up. If your cortisol through the day is going up and down and up and down and not following sort of that regular curve, then at nighttime it's going to do the same thing. So for a lot of us, that early morning waking, 3 a.m., that's an absolute symptom of a maladaptive stress or an, an imbalanced cortisol levels um, burnout because, you know, what's happening is your cortisol ri- is rising um, but at the wrong time. And therefore, melatonin doesn't um, have an impact to keep us uh, sleeping or in a, in a restful state. Would melatonin, taking melatonin, be something that you would be recommending? Potentially, but that's where the individualization comes in. So, you know, this is great because you've really introduced the idea that, you know, it is a little bit more complex in that you can be in an adrenal um, resistant state, which means too much cortisol, or you can be in adrenal fatigue state, which means not enough. And that's where you want to really individualize your own um, treatment plan because you could actually be doing the wrong things at the wrong time. Um, So, for example, if you're in more of a resistant state, then you know you don't necessarily want to take certain supplements that are going to increase adrenal function or um, help with uh, recovery. Um, and then if you're in a re- uh, an exhausted state, then you want to actually be taking things. You don't want to be taking things that are stimulating. But yeah, so ultimately, you know, you really what you're looking at is the individualization of treatment and understanding where your body is at so that you can how are you finding that individual right. aspect out? Is that through blood? Like, what are you doing to figure that out? This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally, as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. So uh, diagnostically, there is a few types of tests that we would look at. And so ultimately what we're looking at is to understand and rule other things out. So as a naturopathic doctor, when patients come in, the first thing I want to do is rule out other things. So, you know, postpartum can present or even years after having a baby, there can be all kinds of other things going on. So, okay, because that was my first question. When yeah. I started to look at at the at your page and of self love mama and and understanding exhaustion and yeah. burnout, and then I was thinking of okay, how do we differentiate then between postpartum right. uh, and depression? Depression. Right. I mean, there's yeah. there there is it fair to say there's a lot of gray area mm-hmm. that people might not kind of be able to differentiate between mm-hmm. the difference. Yes, and that's where I'm. I'm really glad you brought that up because what recovering from burnout, you know, through self-love mom is not. Um, it's it's not a, a diagnostic, right? So this is where you want to see your conventional medical doctor, you want to see your naturopathic doctor, and you want to make sure and rule out that there isn't something else significant going on in your body. For example, thyroiditis, which is just a fancy way of saying an inflamed thyroid, which is really common for women um, after, after having children. And that can look like a lot of fatigue. Things like B12 and iron deficiency, again, super common after having babies. Again, lots of fatigue with that postpartum depression. So this is where you want to rule these things out. Um, ensure that, again, you're in that state of I'm 
I'm well diagnostically. I know that I'm not struggling with postpartum depression. I am not start struggling with, you know, issues with my thyroid and my micronutrient deficiencies. And actually, I, I, I don't know why this fatigue is happening. And this is why I developed self-love mom, because I was seeing this time and time and time again. And this is something that was happening within my own health. This idea of I'm well, but I don't feel great. And recognize, and conventional medicine does not does not test the thyroid or the adrenal gland. Mm-hmm. They just don't recognize the adrenal gland as part of the picture, which is a bit, you know, mind-blowing from my perspective because, you know, it's a major gland in the body that deals with stress. Um, you you can test cortisol levels through blood work, but it's not it's not a really a, a really great test. So you either end up with very high levels of thyroid, which is a disease, or um, adrenal, or, or uh, high levels of cortisol levels, which is a disease, or low levels of cortisol, which is a disease. This middle ground, which mm-hmm. is where I see patients, it's just not it's just not um, able to be diagnosed through conventional medicine. Um, so it just kind of gets wished away as not a non-issue and how long can people stay in this years yeah and it's just not feeling yeah I mean there's exhausted and it starts to impact other body systems okay so right so you can say okay I get it I've got young kids I'm going to be exhausted for a couple years it's it's the effects of the aftermath of what else is happening within the body that is the concern you got it Right, so it's it's about realizing that you know this adrenal fatigue, this exhaustion, this inability to manage stress becomes start to impact other areas like our hormonal health, like our immune system, um, certainly um, you know our our metabolic rates or our our you know digestion, you name it. I mean, when your body is in this state, it's it's really it's really not firing in all cylinders, and that's going to impact every aspect of our health. Um, so that's where again the individualization comes in to say, okay, yes there's an adrenal fatigue picture. Um, Yes, there's a burnout picture. And how is it impacting you? Where is it showing up in your body? And this is why I love what I do. You know, the 90 minutes that I get to spend with people on that initial visit is really identifying who they are, how it's impacting their health, and then setting them up with an individualized treatment plan. There is an assessment tool, um, and it's a saliva hormone panel, which is I often will do that with patients. So there is a way to test your cortisol levels from a natural point of view, which is using a, something called a four-point cortisol level. So between understanding the patient's symptoms as well as this diagnostics and ruling out any other potential causes for their fatigue, that's where I can grasp a really good understanding of what their health is at and really start to support the, these moms in an individual way with a treatment plan that is right for them, but is also going to fit with their lifestyle. Can you give me an example of of patient A coming mm-hmm. in and giving me kind of some of their symptoms, uh, some of the things that you would okay. be talking about, and then where you think the treatment kind of would be. Can, okay. we, can we come up with like Absolutely. a fake patient A? Okay. Yeah, yeah. let's do a okay. case study. Let's do that. Okay. okay. So mom, um, 37-year-old mom comes in with, um, of two um, children, you know, let's say seven and five, come in um, exhausted. I've been to my medical doctor three times, uh, and I continue to be told that I am, I'm well, all my blood work is coming back normal. Okay, so what, we say 37, is that yep. what came with 37, two kids? Um, would they be struggling with weight? Would they be struggling with um, kind of cravings or crashes or, okay. 
Yep. So symptom-wise, yeah. so that's the person. This is yeah. what they're experiencing, right? So besides the exhaustion, um, they're experiencing uh, weight gain or an inability to lose weight. They're experiencing digestive issues, so potentially constipation, diarrhea, that IBS-like picture. They're experiencing um, frequent illness. And um, let's also give them never wanting to have sex with their husband. Very, very low libido. <laughs> right you have you have just created just like the right the perfect picture welcome to 2018 okay yeah Yeah. for moms um and so they come in and the first thing I do is I affirm I see them I see them in the struggle I see them in the challenge and I recognize and I start to make connections so this symptom is related to this and this symptom is related to that and The thing that I see in in patients' eyes, the same thing that I see in mom's eyes is hope. And I also see, I also see a sense of being heard and understood. That this isn't just something that A, they're doing wrong. How come everyone else seems to be able to do this without feeling this way? And P.S. None of us are. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you, social media. Um, But none of us are. Um, And secondly, um, you know, they're just feeling like they have, they know that something's not right. But the, the biggest, the biggest suffering is that they have no idea what to do to shift things for themselves. And so I watched this for a decade, I lived this for the last five years and realized, okay, this is an area that I really want to focus on. And so this, this patient in particular, I would most likely order, you know, let's assume they come in with blood work. And if they haven't, I'm going to order that for them through a natural, through the naturopathic. And this is your conventional blood work. And let's assume everything has come back okay, normal. On that piece, yes. it's always funny when the doctor, because you can never read a doctor's writing. Yeah. Uh, they've crossed off a whole yeah. bunch of X's. So when you say that you're going to go get that blood work done, yeah. what exactly are you checking? You what are you uh, going to put on that list? In this case, I would look at definitely just their complete blood count to see, you know, what's happening with things like their hemoglobin or, you know, their their oxygen oxygenization in the blood. I'd look at their immune health, so their white blood cells. Specifically, I'd want to be ruling out micronutrient deficiencies like B12, iron. I because those those can be fixed. Easy. Easily, right? Easy. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. You know, a woman, a patient or a mom comes in with a with an iron level of three. I'm like, we're doing cartwheels because mm-hmm. we just want to get them on some iron, maybe make some shifts to their diet and help their body absorb that iron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there can be, in some of these in- instances, an easy fix Absolutely. to the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And what I do see, Leanne, with that is the adrenal piece is still there. <laughs> I don't want to be doom and gloom. But even when the iron levels are mm-hmm. high, even when there is right. often the adrenal piece... But certainly, if a, if a woman is feeling like, you know, they come home at the end of the day, all they want to do is, sh- you know, have a glass of wine and shove goldfish crackers in their mouth, um, and want, they're skipping their workouts, they're not able to get their greens in, you know, they're drinking that extra coffee, having things like a iron, low iron level, my goodness, like, let's fix that mm-hmm. so that we can help you access the things that we know are going to help mm-hmm. balance things out for you. Okay. Yeah. So once we've ruled out from a from more of a conventional perspective, you know, assume, you know, assuming that there's no um, significant mood disorder, you know, depression, generalized anxiety, you know, there, then we've ruled all that out, and then we move into okay, yeah, this is this is a naturopathic diagnosis of maladaptive stress. I'm presenting as you know IBS, you know, low libido, ex- uh, weight management, etc. And then from there, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to most likely order a saliva hormone panel. So this is a really cool panel, um, and basically what it looks at is that your hormones and it gets sent away to a lab which marker um, marks your 
cortisol levels through the day. So it's four different times of the day and it marks your four, four cortisol levels through the day relative to a quote unquote normal cortisol curve. The idea with saliva hormone versus let's say blood is that when you're getting this, it's the end result. So it's more the metabolite of the hormone versus with the conventional blood work where you're going to get the hormone when it's more in the bloodstream. So the idea with the saliva is that it's a little bit more, um, it's a little, it tells us a little bit more information because it's actually what the hormone did in the body um, in the levels after it's been metabolized. That's funny because I would have thought it would be simple. I mean, like it's just a little yeah. saliva, but in fact, it has more information. It has too. a time. It, it has. It has. Uh, the, the the two things around this test and why I love it is because it also gives four points. So it's not just a moment of time where your cortisol level is. It's a moment of time relative um, through the day. And where, like we talked about with sleep, we don't want cortisol levels rising too soon at night. And if they are, then we're, then we're going to be set up for all kinds of different symptoms. So we look at that information um, as really important, not only to validate where the health of the adrenal gland is, but then also for treatment. Because as I mentioned earlier, right thing, right time, you know, you want to make the, the naturopathic recommendations that are going to be supportive based on where the cortisol levels are at throughout the day. Hmm. Okay. So right now, our 37-year-old mom of two uh, is then coming back into your office going, okay, I've done the blood work and I've done the saliva. Um, and okay, doctor, now what? Now what? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's get you feeling better. Okay. So what I would look at with this is, is the results. Um, as I mentioned throughout, you know, definitely their lifestyle. So mom would be lost on me. Mom 37 in front of me would be lost on me. If I started to started the visit with, we're going to do, uh, you know, a 30 day detox with no grains, yeah. right? Like <laughs> she's like, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. um, what about my glass of wine? What about my coffee so what what I try to understand is how do I support the woman in front of me given that her life is already stressful I have done a, a huge a huge disservice if I create more stress and more shoulds so this is the fine line for practice and especially working with moms is where our shoulds are already really really high so I should have I should I should have I should have I should I shouldn't be eating this I should be eating this I should be exercising mom moms we put so much pressure on ourselves um, and so the and at the times when we need to do less, excuse me, with the times that we need to do more, the less the tendency is to do more. So ultimately we come in and we're like, okay, what do I need to do? I know for myself, I was in a complete burnout state, totally exhausted. And I went, okay, uh, what did I used to do when I feel felt really awful? Oh, I used to run marathons and that's what I'll do. And so, you know, here I was two-year-old training for a marathon when I was already adrenally fatigued. And so the idea with, with moms is really is coaching them that, you know, less is more and doing the right things at the right time to have the biggest impact is where we need to focus the treatment. And so a lot of it comes about, I'm, I'm, I do have a, as a designation as a holistic nutritionist as well. And nutrition is my game. I love nutrition. And so a lot of it is things sounds very basic and simple, but simple is not always easy to access. So we start with simple goals like balancing blood sugar. And it sounds, again, almost too easy, but the reality is, is that if your blood sugar is balanced, um, then your cortisol levels are going to have a, a better chance at staying balanced as well. You know, we've all heard of the hangry. Um, ultimately, when your blood sugar drops, you're going to be in a much more reactive state. Not eating or missing meals or having, you know, that third cup of coffee, um, you know, it just sets us up for a roller coaster ride, which is what we're trying to jump off of. You've just mentioned these things, and especially, if, uh, you know, as parents, we're trying to do it, do that, and and put that 
for our kids. It's making our kids have the healthy breakfast and the balanced lunch so that they can get through the school day and not have the crash and sugar. I mean, it seems like we're always also in, if we're looking at, you know, the, the parenting side of this, we're trying to make sure everyone else is always taken care of rather than us. Yeah. Right? So we see that we're supposed to be doing all of these things. So does that come into play also? Is that even for people to take their own health into consideration, that some people, they feel guilty because they're not doing it for, well, I why am I putting emphasis on me when I have to, these kids to take care of? And this is the piece. You asked me full circle. I'm still like reeling with that question of how, how did you get there? You knew better. That was within my own adrenal mm-hmm. fatigue or burnout. And and that that is that is the piece. That is the piece where so much coaching, you know, it's so much love, so much support, and, and a little bit of a little bit of, hey, reality check. Mom, what's gonna happen if you don't start taking care of yourself? And and this is where I always people like, oh, you're taking time to go to the gym or, you know, and they, some, from an outsider's perspective, sometimes like, well, she's being selfish with her time. <laughs> Do you get that? Well, I don't have, I don't have the time. Like, well, she's, and I always tell people, if I'm healthy and I feel good, the chances are I'm going to be way better with the kids and way better in the house and in doing things. Yeah, and I, I think, have and, sex with my husband. You know, but like, yeah, like it, it's shifting the mindset. And I think people are always so concerned with what other people think. Mm. Like, how much does that play into it? Well, other people are going to think I'm doing this, or I'm selfish, or, you know, how dare she go do this because she's taking care. I like, I run into that. I'm you know, sure. that people think these things, right? Well, one of the things that I really did a lot of reflection on with my own journey and something I share often, you can see different blogs and, and you know, insight on this through my website is value setting. And, you know, ultimately we cannot, we cannot be good at everything. So a big part of, a big part of this is understanding what your own personal values are. For some moms, it really might be, it might be making beautiful homemade Halloween costumes and that may absolutely be their job that may be their thing it's not mine but it may be theirs um and if you're going to do that then you know maybe you're not going to be able to hit the gym so you know how do you bring health and wellness into your life in another way um I think the big idea with finding what your own personal values are is it's it's just you can keep leaning into that because we can't do everything and you can lean into what is my value so for you working out is a value um you know maybe spending time with girlfriends is a value how do I fill up my own cup you know how do I put my oxygen mask on first and I think that's a really really important reflection for all moms and that way when you're hanging out you know at you know wherever you are you're on social media and you're seeing all these women do all all these incredible things and feeling bad for the things you're not doing, you can lean into, is this my value? No, it's not. So, hey, I can let that go. I don't need to judge them and I don't need to judge myself because it's just not my value. Do you feel sometimes you become a little bit of a therapist in the office then too? (laughs) Um, The coaching component of this Mm -hmm. is huge. Huge. I'm going to tell you, Leanne, I mean, and you asked me full circle why why I have a busy practice. And again, it's the holding the space and and sitting and listening to people because, um, you know, the, the treatment side of stuff, easy peasy. Easy peasy. Go home, eat more greens, right? I say that in that the plan is the easy part. The execution, the support, the, um, the, the you know, the self-love component, the self-care component is is the big stuff. It's the, That's the shift. What is the biggest thing when you talk about the self-love program that women have the hardest time with? I think it's about creating the space for themselves. 
I think it's about the time. It's about it's about making it a priority and then having the experience. And that's why, you know, this fall I'm, I'm running some events. I'm collaborating with some amazing women um, here in Ottawa and I'm running events. And these aren't let's sit around and talk about your symptoms. It's like let's have an experience. You know, let's like let's make mala beads together. You know, these beautiful beads that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make this and then every day I'm going to wear this and I'm going to be reminded why why I do what I do, why I need to self-care, what that means not only for me but why this isn't actually a necessity for my family does it need to take okay so when I'm taking this our 37 year old's mom yeah. uh, with the two kids let's take away um, a spouse or a partner mm-hmm. helping out or mm-hmm. having a partnership mm-hmm. and let's take away not having uh, a babysitter mm-hmm. or um, yeah, a friend or a parent to be mm-hmm. able to come in and babysit so that you can do this how often do we find ourselves in situations where as much as they want to be able to try to do all of this, life mm-hmm. circumstance mm-hmm. Uh, makes it incredibly difficult to do so, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would be great to be able to say to the husband, I'm going to go out with the girlfriends tonight. I'm going to go make beads because I need to be able to find this space. But you're often dealing with people who have no opportunity. And then the, even the thought of that can bring on anxiety that they don't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to do the self-care and the self-love. And that's a question That's a question that I've, I've had you know, a lot and, and something I've reflected on as I was bringing you know this this forward and creating this and it is about it is about trying to access what you do have so there's all kinds of online you know support um you know whether it be free youtube meditations or yin class you know a little bit goes a long way so in you know five minutes a day five minutes a day of deep breathing um you know 10 minutes a day of, of stretching um doing things like ensuring that you know you're having some greek yogurt or or a hard-boiled egg at the beginning of the day, you know, something to balance blood sugar. So that's, again, very much the individualization of this to say, okay, who's in front of me and what are their needs? Um, And being able to identify whether it be financial restrictions or time restrictions or just the fact that they don't have that external support, how do we work together to create something that they're going to feel like they can really succeed at? And the biggest thing is to experience it. So once you have that experience of wow, three minutes, and I'm, I'm talking like studies show four deep belly breaths put us, puts us into a relaxation, four, four breaths. So once they start to experience that and contrast that between, you know, the second or third or fourth cup of coffee and what that does to their body, that's, I think, the access, that's the impact, that's the, I'm going to make this a priority. Okay, I'm going to switch our 37-year-old's um yeah. pretend patient here I'm going to fast forward it um, 20 years okay. uh, and then we're going to have this woman who is then sandwiched between older children older parents mm-hmm. uh, and it, you know vying on, on either side now um, yeah. the run in between and I don't know maybe it's because I'm feeling that because I, I see what my you know what my mom's friends are going through uh, and taking care of elderly parents it's it, it does does it ever end? You know, we're thinking of getting through the beginning years, but yeah. then it, it can come back, right? You're going to deal with um, flows of when you could be dealing with this burnout at various times of your life, not just when you have young children. Yeah, and and self love mom may may actually be 
how do you how do you care for yourself while you're caring for your own mom right so it is and and I'm I'm seeing that already I mean I'm a 45 year old woman and I'm seeing that already with with my you know friends a lot of women are having children later in life just having this conversation yesterday with a girlfriend you know we're having our children later in life and so what does that mean when we are sandwiched with potentially younger kids um, and then having elderly parents who need us um, and it, it's more of it's it even more so is the need so we move back to the necessity of you know self-love mom and ensuring that you are supporting this physiological stress reaction that you are you know whether it be through nutrition whether it be through you know supplementation um, whether it be through lifestyle activities that you are constantly coming back to this sense of I want to be physically well so that I can be um, able to support the people around me once you have um, the patient in, you've done your testing, you've mm-hmm. done the start of, okay, these are the things we're going to work on. At what point can you start to see a little bit of this cloud lifting, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more sunshine coming yeah. in, or a little bit of an outlook that, okay, we're on the right path again? It can be quick. You know, the, 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 it can be a couple weeks to even a month. I mean, I don't, certainly don't want to overpromise mm-hmm. here and underdeliver, but the reality is is. Sometimes something as simplistic as, you know, setting a goal for, you know, 50% of my of my diet is going to be green leafy vegetables. So I'm still going to be potentially having there or choosing to eat those fish sticks with my kids. I'm just going to steam some broccoli on the side. And you know what? I'm going to replace that second coffee for maybe a green tea. I'm going to start breathing for five minutes every morning. These things can have a huge impact on people's on people's responses to stress and they start to see these recoveries and good choices I don't I don't I don't want to use a moral but but healthy choices make healthy choices Mm -hmm. um you know poor unhealthy choices make poor unhealthy choices so when we start to move the momentum in that direction I find people are like a sponge what else is out there so the access is access is okay I'm going to have more green leafy vegetables but the reality is, is then they want more and more and more, and they start to move in a different direction, choosing, making lifestyle choices that are going to be supportive on their journey. If we were professional athletes, you know, we'd be thinking about, okay, what do I need to do to, to be on this? Or I'm going to train for an Ironman. What do I need to do? And it would be a no-brainer. But here we are as moms, you know, trying to do all these things. And the question of how, am I supposed to, how can I support myself or what can I do doesn't even pop up. It's like, oh, but the reality is, is the stress is high from a just demand and the impact that's having on the physiology. So how do we set ourselves up to be in the best physiological state, mental, emotional state, and even spiritual well-being so that we can go on this journey, you know, not only, of course, there's going to be times when we get, you know, stressed or off path or whatever, but ultimately we have a way to come back to. So again, it's not about perfection. Perfection is so boring and does not exist. The reality is, is how do we get back to it every time? oh yeah 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 okay I'm having that third coffee I know what I can do and information becomes personal information and understanding becomes the anchor to um, whenever we're feeling out of balance I went uh there's a quiz on your website yes yeah so how did you do (laughs) (laughs) there's no pass or fail there's no pass or fail I you know and it was like sometimes often yeah (laughs) never uh and and I mean these are basic questions but even answering the questions makes you think right how often how many coffees you know how often are you sleeping are you getting I love coffee it's not about not having coffee right yeah well no it's not right but it's just in simply ask you know you see where you're going what for you 
kind of coming up with that quiz? Was it a great introduction, you know, just to get people thinking? Or if they're already on that website, they're already thinking something, right? If they're if they're landing on your website from because you go right from your Dr. Lewis .ca, am I yeah, right? That's right? Right yeah, from Dr. there, Dr. Christy Lewis. Yeah. Uh, there is then the whole it'll it'll take you to the self-love yeah. mom and then once you're there there's that there's a quiz yeah there's that quiz so yeah for sure if you're interested um, and I think exactly as you said if if nothing more you know if we just plant that seed and someone looks at that and goes hmm yeah you know most of us fundamentally know like we know that having a donut mid-afternoon is probably not an ideal choice but what people what I find in practice and what I've seen over the years is people don't always recognize the impact it's having right so they don't recognize oh when I have that donut I am good and then I crash and then I'm cranky and then I want another, you know, and then I run come home and the first thing I'm doing is shoving Pringles in my mouth. And they don't necessarily realize that, you know, and again, it's not about consequence. It's about, it's about mindfulness. It's about understanding and even curiosity. Like I'll say to patients, just be curious with this. Just like hang out in a place of, hmm, and understand, okay, when I do this, this is what happens. But when I do that, this is what happens. And fundamentally, you know, ultimately what ends up happening is people are like, I like, I like how I feel when I grab an apple and some almond butter. I actually like the way I feel. And over time, what happens is then you don't just, you don't even crave the donut. The donut walks by, or the donut, the donut comes by, someone walks mm-hmm. by with the donut, and you're like, I'm not actually not even interested it's in that. It's so hard to tell people that that actually can happen. It does happen. Like Believe it, us. <laughs> like, it does. Like, you know, yeah. for some people, they're like, that'll never, it'll never be like that. But as you said, like, the more you start to act like a sponge and take other things in, like, it's it's a wonderful it's, it's a it's great feeling. Yeah. We talk so much about the mom in this, and yet let's be realistic. We have dads uh, who are like, I, and I don't want to, you know, if it was self-love parents or self-love mom and dad, but there are fathers, there are men who are going through all of this in the same capacity. Yeah, my husband brings that up all the time. <laughs> He's like, what about self-love dad? I'm like, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the template. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think, you know, we had to start, I wanted to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about dads, you talk about everyone. You know, this really is a program for everyone. I mean, people have fur babies, and I feel that that is absolutely, absolutely real. You know, when your pet is ill, um, what that means to you, or, you know, you're starting a new job, you know, how much stress that can be, or moving. Adrenal fatigue is not just for moms, right? Or burnout is not just for moms. I have looked at that this because I heard this quote the other day. I loved it. Me um, research is actually me me search, and so for me becoming a mom, it was such a huge shift in my whole whole sense of being identity. You know, my physical and mental emotional changes, and so it just it just became something that I just was leaning into and felt passion. You know, the patient would come in and be a mom, thirty seven, two kids, and I would I'd be oh this is great. So uh, there is that niche market or that niche um, group the demographic I'm working with but the reality is this is true for any really I mean it's an epidemic of 2018 we're all trying to manage stress and it's how do we support our physical body so that you know in the moment we can be our best selves and in the future we're preventing ourselves from these diseases that happen when we've had years and years of stress and and this is it is that it, it compounds so in just because we have a couple minutes Say, I'm going to do two things. One, you have the opportunity, if you can, to be able to go and do these tests and kind of meet with somebody and, and discuss, 
your opportunities or this game plan that you have and and in taking baby steps and doing so if you're here and someone can't can't do this mm-hmm. what would be like the five if you can come up mm-hmm. with can you have like five things right now that someone whether it's a mom whether it's you know any individual a dad just someone who's stressed out and work in, in any capacity what would be those five okay, main tips you would do it okay okay so the first would be like I said earlier the value setting I think it's really important to have some time for reflection and understanding what your own personal values are. The reality is, is we can't do it all. So understanding what is a value for you as, as a woman, as a mom, you know, as a partner, or, you know, if you're single, really what are your own values? Um, the second thing would be moving into some of the physiology. So looking at how do we balance blood sugar, protein in the morning protein in the morning. So whether that's an egg, whether that's a Greek yogurt, whether that's a smoothie with some protein powder, protein in the morning. So that sets us up for a blood sugar balance through the day. More greens. So again, a really simple one is 50% of my diet or 40% of my diet is going to be greens. So I'm having a grilled cheese. I'm having some spinach beside it. I'm having some fish sticks. I'm having, you know, some um, steamed broccoli beside it. So really trying to have those greens consistent sleep cycles I know want want but you know too many of us moms are staying up too late watching Netflix um you know the reality is is that we need to sleep we've had years of sleep deprivation you know as moms that's a big big part of what we have to journey through and so sleep deprivation um needs to be recovered and so consistency you know pull yourself away from the tv and trying you know around 10 o'clock ideally no electronics you know 10 11 just that consistency of getting to bed and then the last thing is movement and I I love this word exercise Um, you know I'm moving away from that and into movement so that can be like a five-minute walk just to get the blood flow Um, it can be you know a a 10-minute stretch you know if you have time you know go to the gym go to yoga but really it's these five small things that if you start on you will start to see the shift and you will start to momentum your health in a way um, that you are recovering and not only recovering but optimizing your experience as a mom I like those five things. I want people who, after they listen to this, I want them to tell me that they've started like one or two or three or like all five of five because they are, if you really think about them, you are capable of doing those five things. They are small shifts and they are going to have a huge impact. So please, this is what I'm starting. I'm starting to get feedback from people and and people responding uh, from the podcast. I would like to have some people let me know um, how these um, five pillars kind of turn out and if they've been able to start some of them. This is always uh, an opportunity. Give us your feedback. Ask the questions. Let me know who it is, what the information is that you'd like to be able to hear on this podcast. If as well, you are looking for more information, I do want to uh, get your websites up. So drchristylewis.ca is the main one. If you go there, you're going to actually also find the self-love mom, but that one is uh, www.selflovemom.com. CA. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for more information, take the quiz, yeah. um, see how things go and, uh, and be able to at least start the dialogue, have the conversation and even talk with your partner. Like, listen, this is where we're going. Uh, and this is hopefully how we can get ourselves back onto uh, the right path. Cause all of us at one point, we're all falling off the path. It's just a matter of, <laughs> it's not about, it's not about always being on the path. No. It's, can we get, can we get back in alignment? Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes there's gravel and gravel. <laughs> you just oh, do what you do. <laughs> 
the quicksand is probably where most people are feeling right now. Uh, that is a wrap on episode 30 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Once again, like, subscribe, let your friends know about it. It's wonderful to see the podcast growing, but also wonderful as well to see the feedback as well. Have a great day. And thanks for joining in. Thanks so much, Leanne. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.